Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started today, we just want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by our patrons. We want to build this thing to be as big as it can be, and we want to make more podcasts for you. But we can't do it alone. If you enjoyed this episode and want more Bacon and Eggs, head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash bacon and eggs and check out our new $10 tier, which grants you access not only to our bonus show, The Hash Browns, which, by the way, is hilarious this week. Ethan and I did something totally different, and you're going to find it absolutely amazing, I think or we're just going to be super embarrassed. Either way, you should check it out. But now at $10, you'll also get unedited episodes of Bacon and Eggs. That means that they come out early and they come out with all these awkward pauses. But you can hear all the behind the scenes moments that go into making an episode. We could really use your help to make the podcast the best it can possibly be. So thank you so much for donating and thank you even more for listening. Howdy, Oaks, and welcome back to Big and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Hill. And today we're heading to the jungle. Or maybe we're just playing a board game. So have your car stolen by a giant vine. Roll a five or eight. Because today we're bringing you... Jumanji. I definitely just like I I did I always do a like a weird head turn when I say and I'm Ethan Hitchell. And, <laughs> Jumanji. And when I did it, I like cracked my neck so hard that it's probably audible in my microphone feed. <laughs> but I think that my soul died a little bit. If we if we pull that note out and add a lot of like reverb to it and really amplify it, we could have our very own Billie Eilish bass track. Do 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 do. This movie was directed by Joe Johnston. It was released on December 15th, 1995. Just wait a minute. Is that right? 8,773 days ago? On a $65 million budget, it made $262.8 million worldwide, which is a lot of money considering 1995. Um, It got a 54% critic rating and a 62% audience rating. People didn't even like it. They just could not help but continue going to see it. And a 39 on Metacritic. <sighs> you know what I learned yesterday, Ethan? What? I've been too scared to finish this movie every time I've ever watched it. His I mean, movie, not yesterday. This movie is not scary. In the slightest. <laughs> it's not scary at all. No, yeah. Turns out. Like, I don't I don't even get it. When everybody's like, oh man, that movie terrified me when I was a kid. I don't, I, I <laughs> never that understood they talk? that. Is that how the people talk? Oh, totally Kyle, man. <laughs> Just one time, I saw a spider, and the spider was like, grrr. And then I was like, grrr. And the spider was like, grrr. Totally. I've thought about that totally Kyle sketch every single day since it aired in probably 1999. Every day. Every time I've ever seen a spider in my life. I've gone grrr, in my head. Even if even if I'm terrified the, and I'm like, oh my god, it's a spider! Kill it with fire, burn the house down. In my head, I'm just like grrr, grrr. I have to sneeze. Yeah, so I've never I've never found this movie to be scary, but also like I watched Jurassic Park when I was like five. So yeah, that I, I think when we watched Jurassic, <laughs> it is. Do you have a, a negative review from a professional critic? I have a negative review from one of the most professional critics, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun Times, uh, and he says. A gloomy special effects extravaganza filled with grotesque images generating fear and despair. I'm not. I went on to read the rest of his review actually, and he was like, "How in God's name did this get a PG rating? This is as bad as Jaws, for God's sakes!" And it's just not. 
He's not wrong. Yes, he is. Jaws is terrifying. Jaws is terrifying. Jaws is great. That's some bad hat, Harry. I mean, Jaws is a is a great movie, but if there's if there's any movie that's scary, that's a PG third or PG rated movie, it's Jaws, not this. You know what's you know what's really terrifying about this is that Um, Kirsten Dunst looked no more than nine in this movie. I'll give you twelve, and looked no younger than thirty five seven years later in (laughs) Spider Man. In Spider Man, yeah. I I, I, also somehow, I thought about that the whole time I was watching Somehow absolutely this. no different. She's literally just tall. Well, she was taller. Yeah. <laughs> More Rubenesque. <laughs> I don't know what that word means. If I just said something super inappropriate, I didn't mean to. I mean, it's it's just not a great word to talk about a 12-year-old. No, in, in, in freaking Spider-Man. <laughs> no, I get idiot. that. But like, we're comparing her to between 12 and, and however old she was in Spider-Man. I don't know. It's just weird. Kirsten Dunst sucks. I, I hate Kirsten Dunst. She's possibly my least favorite actress of that whole time period. I just don't hate Kirsten Dunst at all. She just I, wasn't good in this. movies that she's She wasn't good in. in this. She wasn't good in Spider-Man. She wasn't good as Marie Antoinette. She hasn't been good in anything. She's like, literally, she's, she's like Gwyneth Paltrow, but younger. She was she was good in uh, Melancholia. She was good in Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind, which I can't say I've seen, so I'm not going to pretend like I have. Yeah, I was about uh, to say, don't, don't tell me for 30 seconds that you've seen Eternal Sunshine and remember Kirsten Dutt's performance uh, in it off the dome. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I know I watched Bring It On a lot when that movie came out. Have you, have um, you honest to God, seen Melancholia? I have. Why? Because I took it when I took film and philosophy that that tracks that tracks yeah that just seems like a very not you movie to just sit down and be like i'm gonna watch melancholia today yeah we did the fountain melancholia blue valentine and uh sci-fi sort of campy film i mean look it's really famous the thing is here's here's why i hate kirsten dunst when i was a kid and she was in spider-man it wasn't that bad but the entire manic pixie dream girl thing is her fault kirsten dunst's fault yes because she was the lead in Elizabeth Town, and that's what started it. She was real life 18 and Bring It On. Can you believe that? She was no younger than 30 when that movie came I out. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head when Bring It On came out, so I have no idea. 2000. 2000. You could have said any time between 1990 and 2009, and I would have believed you. Bring It On? I don't, I've never seen Bring It On. I'll be straight up with you. Get out. Get out. Movie about cute cheerleaders when we were, like, developing young men. I mean, really young men. Like, super young. Like, nine. In two thousand, not even. I was seven. Yeah, seven and yeah, seven and eight. No, it was obviously not a movie I would have seen when I was seven. So like, I just didn't watch it after that. Anyway, she's the lead in Elizabethtown, and it's her fault. The whole thing is her fault. I don't think Manic Pixie Dream Girl started with Elizabethtown. That's where. That's literally where the the. I believe it's where the term comes from. But that is that is the the coin of the origin, or the origin of the coining of the term. Huh, coins, huh? Uh, sure, coins. I don't know, but like you, there's there's been like that's where it came from. I, I I don't I don't have the the reference in front of me to tell you that, but that there is that is directly where it came from. Was that movie? You should watch right, it. It's not bad, right. but it doesn't also doesn't like it's not great. It's no Garden State. That's not a sentence I ever thought I would say. Anyway, Jumanji. Do you have a, a positive review from a professional critic? I do. Neil Smith at BBC.com says take away the CGI mayhem, and what emerges is a rather touching tale of second chances and innocence prematurely lost. You ever watch this movie and be like, man, this movie does not deserve Bob and Billy's even a little bit okay so here's my thing like you know how people talk about a bad movie like a like a true stinker and they'll say something like oh man this is just a this is a fun romp and they're lying because they know that you just 
insulted their their favorite twenty percent movie of all time. This is a fun romp, but okay. like it actually is. Like that is how this I would describe this movie. Romp. This is a movie that has not aged well in terms of appearance, but it could have aged. W- this is this is. I'm sorry. This has aged a lot better than the Star Wars prequels. I don't know. Specifically, this has aged better than that scene in Attack of the Clones. Okay. What I'm saying is this is it, either either way. It still hasn't aged well. But the story between Robin Williams and the young boy, where Robin Williams sort of becomes this like father figure to him, is is touching. It is like at the end of the movie, I'm in, I'm genuinely invested. And they meet the kids, and they're like, "Oh my God, it's really you!" You know, that was like a a powerful moment for me, me the viewer. For you, the viewer, you're, you're getting. Were you getting choked up, or were you just like? I was hiccoughing. I couldn't tell. I I I, burp, I burped. Is so what happened. I I I like this movie a lot. Uh, I've never like this is probably the 25th time I've seen this movie. Not really due to me going like, oh my god, I'm gonna put Jumanji on. It was just kind of like on a lot when I was younger. Yeah, so same here. It was like it was like it was a good thing. My mom enjoyed it, so she would put it on. Um, so I've seen it a bunch, and it's like it's not a great movie, but I don't particularly think it's a bad movie. Like I wish that Rotten Tomatoes didn't cause us to look down on a movie that got. 50 54% of critics or whatever to say they liked it. Yeah, this is a rare situation where I'm like, man, I wish I didn't 100, like not 100%, but I wish I didn't genuinely often agree with the Rotten Tomatoes system. But I find I usually feel that way in the 50 to 70 range. Right. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think a five and a half out of 10 is doing this movie any disservice. Well, I also think that it's not a five and a half out of 10. It is 55% of a, 55 out of 100 critics would give it a favorable review, which is what it is. No, but like, I, I think the, I, I don't have a problem saying this is a five and a half out of 10. You don't? No. But that also requires me to like self-internalize and use more of my 10-point scale than I'm willing to usually. That's true. Yeah, usually I, if it goes under six, I, then I feel like I've truly failed it. Well, it's not even that. It's just like, I feel like, I, I, I feel like I'm still looking for a movie that deserves like a 9.9, you know, sometimes. You could name a single nine. Oh, we've had this conversation. Yeah, you got really mad at me about this conversation that I couldn't name a single 10 off the top. Off the dome, yeah. Okay, so one thing I often see about Jumanji, uh, which by the way, the sequels are fan-freaking-tastic. Well, there's been one sequel. The one sequel is fan-freaking-tastic. I'm I'm just gonna leave it at that. I wouldn't I love... say that. I wouldn't say that that Zathura is any worse or better than this. I've uh, people were talking about Zathura in our Discord server. Uh, I've never heard of Zathura. So Z- Zathura is looked at as it, it was the movie that gave a lot of people Dax Shepard because none of you should have been watching without a paddle at that age. I'm sorry, you shouldn't have. Stop it. It's like 2003. You had no right to be seen without a paddle in 2003. I saw it without a paddle in 2003. You, th- that's not, you should not have. But I did. I don't think I caught the themes at all. That's not an appropriate movie for a 10 year old. I know that, is it, is without a paddle the movie where they burn like a field of weed and everybody gets high? Yeah. Okay. I've seen without I believe a paddle. so. That's, that's what I'm picturing. Anyway, Zathura, A Space Adventure was, uh, Josh Hutcherson and Dax Shepard and Christian Stewart. Um, and it's what literally Jumanji, but it's like, it's not because it, it, so it was, it was a separate book written by Chris Van Allsburg who wrote Jumanji and he literally just was like, I'm going to do the same story, but in space. So they play like a board game and space happens to them. They play a board game and space happens to them. Yeah. Dax Shepard is like a lost astronaut. Oh, I would like to read the Jumanji book. You, you definitely can. It's a kid's book. You think? No, it's like a picture book. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it, it's like large format. I mean, I think it's probably, I don't, I don't know, probably like 30 pages, maybe 40 pages. So it's longer than like where the wild things are, but and it has infinitely more words. Oh, it is like it's a 34 page book. Yeah, it's like a picture book. It's, it's a kid's book. I did not know that. I had never heard of this. Yeah, you can just like Amazon a copy. You can read it in 10 minutes. Not even. What? It's uh, it's also beautiful. Is it? Yeah, it's like really, really well drawn, if I remember correctly. I don't, it's been a long time. I have a copy of it around here somewhere. I'll see if I can put my hands on and, and, and uh, pass it on to you. Jumanji. Because I, I loved it when I was a kid. 
So did you have the board game when you were a kid? No. I guess you didn't have siblings. Uh, I, I didn't have siblings, yeah. I, I, I didn't get to play as many board games as I would have liked. Oh, man. Board games as a grown-up is an untapped market of delicious potential and fun. I played, I mean, I played a lot of board games with my family, but, um, you know, I didn't have siblings, so I didn't play like a lot of like kids board games. Like I played a lot of Monopoly. Right. A lot of like classic board games. Yeah. So did I, that that was primarily what I played growing up. And then now as an adult, we have like our friend group and we play all sorts of fun stuff. Um, yeah, we play like adult board games. (laughs) Yeah. Not like adult board games though. No, but like board games, I would not have understood when I was eight. Can I on on board games real quick? Where do you stand on Cards Against Humanity? Uh, generally over it depends on the group of people. I would say over nine out of ten groups of people that would want to play Cards Against Humanity with me, I am over it. And I'm not like, listen, it's a fun enough game, specifically if you have not played through the whole thing before. Right. But once you've played through the whole thing, the the timbre of the joke has been lost. See, the thing is, Cards Against Humanity is very hard to play when you are the person, because I've done this several times, when you're the person in the group that is like relatively not known to the rest of the group. Yes, because it is. there's a certain strategy to what is this person and going to find it's the same deal funny. with like, it's the same deal with like, uh, I don't remember, there's like a weird Pictionary telephone type game um, that I've played and also like games like What Do You Meme? some of the newer ones coming out, any of those, like, you gotta make the dealer laugh games are very hard to get into if you're playing with a group of people to which you're sort of the outside member. It's also very hard if you know the group. I don't know. It's it's sometimes it can be hard if you know the group too well. It's like everybody sort of needs to start on the same page for one of those to work. But in general, I've just played it too much over the years. And like the things that made me laugh about it have stopped making me laugh. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. Now, there's still still cards. uh, Like, somebody could say the phrase, Daniel Radcliffe's delicious to me. (laughs) And I'll still chuckle, like, just because it's such a ridiculous string of four words that (laughs) anytime, man. Uh. But here's what happens to Cards Against Humanity, because you never have the right card, right? But you know all the cards in the deck off the, t- off the top of your head. Like, you, you, can, you, can, you can talk about cards. So people will be like, ah, you know, and, and you spend five minutes after each round going, you know what would have been great for that card? This card. Yeah, that drives me crazy. It's time for the next round. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's I time jokes, is, is passing. I think it's time is passing. But, like, yeah. I would much prefer to play Cards Against Humanity over What Do You Meme. Oh, yeah, What Do You Meme is, like, The uh, worst game ever made. It's legitimately the worst game ever made. It, but what it does, What Do You Meme, and even the um, Cyanide and Happiness game, I feel like they take what was originally a really fun comedy format and show how thin the veil of it is. That like right. all reaction memes are actually the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All cyanide and happiness is, comics are the same. And joke. this is the problem with what do you mean? It's like you printed out a bunch of memes. Like, right. they're not relevant anymore. Right. <laughs> it's not funny anymore. Right now, we have two women yelling at a cat. Right, that's, that's, your that's meme. the thing is like that's the thing is like if you're playing what do you meme and you print out you have like a bunch of cards and you print out a Polaroid sized image of the the woman yelling at the cat meme, that's gonna win every single round because it's the relevant thing and because it's funny in every situation. Right. That's how thin the veil is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's just pointless. I would much prefer to actually at this point in my life, I'd much prefer to actually play a game with rules. I do like games with rules. I'm I'm currently a big fan of real board games but it's like i couldn't i couldn't have played settlers of Catan when i was nine you kidding Mm -mm. me you drinking a cure's light a cure's light yeah yeah cracked open a cold one mountains of blue i I just drank a uh a pib extra pib extra on purpose (laughs) on purpose i love pib have you drank dr pepper i have i prefer pib okay give me the little guy sawyer he being a jerk my dog has joined the podcast make him say something probably just gonna lick the microphone
<laughs> if I know this guy. <laughs> you ever had a... <laughs> Speaking of interruptions to the podcast, do you remember when we had like seven minutes of weed whacking? I do. It's still one of my favorite segments to this day because I read the list of top weed whackers. (laughs) Somebody considers themselves an authority on weed whackers. Oh, hey, you know, you know what else Chris Van Allsburg wrote? What's that? The Polar Express. Oh, come on. Turns out. I hated the Polar Express. I mean, I, I like the book. I don't know that I've ever actually read the book. To be I've got a copy of that around here somewhere, too. I like the concept of the Polar Express. I like the idea that, like, you hear the bell until you don't believe anymore, and you have to believe to hear the bell. See, that explains the Santa thing really well to me. Here's the problem, though, is it's like, it's a 32-page story. Jumanji was made into a decent movie, and a sequel. I mean, I, I think that Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle is a conceptual sequel at best. Yeah. I love that movie. Holy crap. Like, it, it literally, like, the lead actor in Jumanji 1 died. It's like, it's not even like you could put him in there. It's like they, they made one referential moment to the fact that, that Alan Partridge, whatever his name Parrish. is. Parrish. It's Alan Parrish's world. We're just living in it. Yeah, that Alan Parrish lived there. I like how they take the sequel, though, because I didn't realize how much the, like, unspoken time in the jungle meant, you know? What do you mean? Like... Alan Parrish goes into the jungle for 26 years. I didn't, I guess I just didn't realize like how interesting of a story it would be to hear like, oh, what happened there? What's it like in the jungle? Well, yeah, I mean, he comes out completely hecked up on the other end. Correct. You know, he's just like, oh man, 32 years in the jungle, I still became my father. Yeah, there's no stopping it. I thought it was so interesting the way that his father talked to him. It sounded so dated, which I guess it was supposed to. It was 30 years prior. Uh, It was 30 years prior to 24 years ago. Right. It was 54 years ago. I just couldn't believe that a parent... I mean, it makes sense, right? That's why boomers talk the way they do. I just couldn't believe that a parent would be like, if somebody wants to fight you, you just punch him in the face or you let him well, hit he was you also or whatever. A, he was also a bad parent. Yeah, that's true. And the answer at the end of the movie, this kind of makes me sad. The answer at the end of the movie is like, he was a bad parent because... Alan didn't appreciate him. It's like Alan says, like, I love you, dad. You mean so much to me. And the parents like, I could be a good parent now. Like, it's like the blame falls to Alan for him being a bad parent. I I don't think that's how you should look at it. I mean, sometimes like everyone needs to be reminded that like, you know, my my dad said this to me one time. He was like, you know, I know that that there's times that you and I don't see eye to eye on things, but you got to remember that like, I, you know, you know exactly as much about being a 16 year old as I know about parenting a 16 year old. Right. I am as new to this as you are. Yeah, it's like every day is different for me, just like it is for you. And so it's like, if if you need me to do something different, just communicate it to me. I know that's not always easy, and it's like, oh, it's hard to talk to your parents. I get that. Like, I had a hard time talking to my parents for a long time. Um, But it's like, it's not... Uh, I don't, I don't think it, you should look at what happens at the end as a bad thing. I think that Alan's dad is in the movie for a very short amount of time, and they did as much with that story as possible in that time frame. So, like, you had to get a clear idea that, that Alan and his dad didn't see eye to eye. Yeah, that Alan was progressive and rode his bicycle to school and liked new sneakers. Not even that he was progressive, just that he didn't want to get, he didn't want to solve his problems like that. Right, and he didn't want to go to... He didn't want to go to Cliffside. He didn't want to be the which know, the I guess like graduate. From what I've learned about movies made in the eighties and nineties, like boarding schools were a much bigger threat. <laughs> yeah, that was never a question in my house. Right? It's like, oh, you better shape up, or we're gonna send you to boarding school. What <laughs> like, the oh, heck? <laughs> what are you, are you gonna... talking about? 
You're going to kick me out of the house? It's like, the, yeah, that's going to solve gonna me. Solve? It's like, what are you going to do? It, it, it's the same thing. It's like I thought growing up watching movies, I, I really thought that cliffsand and being set on fire were going to be bigger problems in my life. Quicksand. 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 Yeah. Like, it's like, what do you, what do, you do if you get in quick, quicksand? You can't fight it. You got to just stay there and you'll float because it's just water and sand. That's all it is. Water and sand. You'll float. That's how you get out of it. And it's like, you got to stop, drop, and roll, kids. You got to stop, drop, and I've never been on fire in my life. <laughs> but it is an important lesson for if you ever are on fire. Like, I feel like if you do catch on fire at some point, you'd be like, man, I'm so glad I knew how to solve this. But at the same time, it's like if you catch on fire in a burning building, don't stop, drop, and roll. Run out of the heck fucking building. Do you think if they come up with a different solution than stop, drop, and roll? If they, like, how will... how will For, for, for starters, here's the thing. For starters, I have not been in elementary school in a long time. So they might be a different system. Right. If they change the system to jump yell and howl from stop drop and roll like what what reaction will there be if it gets like a headline you know how they change the alphabet song to be like a b c d e f g h i j k l m n you can pry my lmnop from my cold dead hands (laughs) right like what will be the millennial reaction to like stop jump and howl well, the millennial reaction will be like, will be like, you can take, you can take drop, drop and roll from me when you, again, when you pry it from my cold dead hands. Right. And Gen, Gen Z will just be like, <laughs> jump, jump, might as well jump, cause you're on fire anyway. <laughs> you gotta stop, drop and roll with the punches. But like, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like boarding school was a much bigger threat to these kids. Like, my parents never once were like, oh, and granted, I was probably a much better kid. Like, I, I know we, there were kids that got, that got sent to Hargrave, like the military was school. one kid. There was, there was kids. You know what? And that one kid, he was a pretty nice kid. Well, no, like, there, there are kids that, like, got kicked out of school and ended up in alternative schools and stuff. But it wasn't like, oh, man, you're rich. We're going to send you to boarding school now. Right. <laughs> That's how you become a man, is by I guess, boarding like, school. John Green went to boarding school. Is the boarding school market... Is it, it's gotta like be hurting? dwindling. It has it's gotta to be. be. There's no way people still do... I mean, I know that... I've met people who well, went to boarding that's school. That's the thing. Even... is like, I was gonna say, I don't know anybody that went to boarding school, but I also didn't go to boarding school. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're not an executive, Ethan. <laughs> well, it's, it's not even that. It's like nobody that went to my high school went to boarding school because they went to high school with me. Mm, right. We do. There's a, somebody in our Discord, at least one person that went to boarding school, though. Yeah. You know what, Margaret, I think is growing is the, the CASA school. Homeschool? Yeah. I just, I don't, I, I don't know. That was a little bit of Spanglish for I you. I don't understand homeschool, but I also was not homeschooled. I can't imagine what life would have been like without school. <laughs> I feel like it would have made like, going Like, I would have learned work. the same crap, but like- You would have learned the same crap probably better. I wouldn't but have I had feel any like, friends. I feel, yeah, I feel like work would be very challenging. And I know there's like homeschool events and stuff, and, and, and I just don't, I've never experienced them, so I just don't understand them. That's a whole life that I have no, and I'm not, I'm not coming for homeschool kids here. It's just like, I have no, no idea what that was like. I think- not always, but for a lot of kids who are homeschooled, uh, they make a lot of their friends at church. Well, and there's like there's like homeschool like groups of kids that like do after school sports together and stuff, and like and they meet after school and they do other things with kids. There's like homeschool proms and stuff. Would you go to homeschool prom with me? No, we're both grown men. <laughs> You were about to question. be. You are going to be 27 in less than a month. Let I me know. tell you who's not allowed at prom. You. Let me tell you something about prom. If they called and they were like, Tyler, we want you to DJ prom. I would do it. I would, I would, I would be like, okay, I need 
monitors. I'm not I capable. Own... I don't understand the kids enough. <laughs> and I understand the kids better than you do. <laughs> I would just be like, here is uh, a link to a Blackboard uh, survey. The kids would just be telling me, the thing is, like, like no matter what, because nobody's going to answer your Blackboard survey with actual answers. <laughs> I know. So, sorry. like, the kids are going to come to me and be like, look, man, nobody has listened to Turn Down for what? In 20 years. <laughs> They'll be like the one woke kid. His glasses like really are like super strong prescription. Like you can tell by looking at him. Yeah. My friend Patrick's like that. Like when he has his glasses on, I'm like, you're blind. Yeah. <laughs> your face starts three inches inward inside your glasses. <laughs> That's the kid that tells you like, hey man, I like this retro stuff, but nobody here <laughs> yeah, this retro this stuff. It's like when they, they're, they're about to start referring to like 2008 emo music as classic rock here in a minute, and it's gonna, it's gonna come to my neck real hard. They played, uh, what did they Like, play you're gonna on? start hearing Paramore on Q99. They played, uh, Some Nights on Q99, and I was like, oh no. I mean, Some oh, Nights no. is like church pop. Oh no. Some Nights is, is yeah, like family friendly pop music. Yeah. Some nights could have pretty much come from whenever. Yeah. The greatest hits of the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and today. Yeah. It's like, we're going to, one day I'm going to turn on Q99 and Misery Business is going to be playing. Which stresses me out about Q99. I'm old. What stresses me out about Q99 is that when I, in like 2002, they'd be like playing the greatest hits from the 80s, 90s, and today. And that was like relatively recent songs. Yeah. But it wasn't top 40. Correct. Like they were not. songs that in the past were in the top 40. enslaved to the top 40. They did not, like what was on Billboard didn't matter to them. Right. Well, didn't, what was currently on Billboard didn't matter. Everything was on Billboard at some point. Correct. But like what was, yeah, what was on Billboard at the moment didn't matter. Yes. They played, they played everything that was ever on Billboard from five years ago and prior. Yes. Welcome to Jumanji. That was, that literally, that's my favorite scene in the sequel. What, with the NPC? With the NPC at the very beginning when he like explains the rules. And And then they do it again? Yeah, and he starts talking again. Dr. Finbar! <laughs> Rudy Roundhouse! Ruby. Ruby. It is Ruby. She wears a red shirt. She does wear... <laughs> we call that a shirt. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. I, we're going to have to cover the sequel at some point. I love the sequel. So, you're watching this movie. I wanted the to cover acting... the sequel this week, but our Discord was like, nah, do the OG! Do the 1995. Which, by the way, if you want to vote on the movies we do each week, you can't. But if you want to vote on the movies we do sometimes, you can join our Discord server for just $3 a month. I mean, that's that's That's, that's not good. what Discord costs. Discord's $3. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. Bonus never content mind, is $5. I'm confused. I'm confused. <laughs> confused. Dazed and confused. Um, uh, Jumanji. Uh, we, Welcome we start the to movie. Jumanji. A lot of people are really fascinated that the actor who plays the dad also plays the hunter. Yeah, like why? Who, who else would play the hunter? I didn't feel like the dad was that much of the villain to like make it obvious that he was the hunter. But also, if you're going to introduce the hunter character, you've already got this guy on salary. Like, don't hire somebody else. Dad, yeah, but th- this thing is the dad is the only person that Alan doesn't like. Yes. He's the only person the... that's outwardly like mean to Alan. Like, even the cool black guy that invents the sneaker. Well, there was a group of kids that beat the crap out of alan for no reason All right but like you can't make billy jessup the hunter <laughs> jessup 
She goes, Billy who? And Alan's like, oh my God. Man, there's not there's nothing better though. Mary Clay said this when we were talking to her about Jumanji yesterday. She was like, there's nothing better than the twinkle in Robin Williams' eye. And there's just not, man. That scene where he's like, Sarah? And like pushes the door open and it's just like a direct shot at him. I'm like, oh man, I miss Robin Williams every day. I do too. I would like a giant poster of Robin Williams to put where this weird Marvel print is. I feel like it would make more sense. Robin Williams from Dead Poets? Or from just like a just like a headshot of Robin Williams. If you go to Etsy and look up Robin Williams, the like top result is like a bearded Robin Williams, hand drawn. It is very cool and it costs like fifty bucks. I don't know how big the print is, but that's the one that I'm thinking about. Oh, that is neat. Boy howdy is that neat. It is Yeah, okay, that makes sense that it's that's fifty bucks. 35 inches high. Is that, t- that's like three feet. Is that big? That's three feet. Well, it's a little less than three feet. It's but one inch less than three feet. Okay. If Sue you, me. If you it's, Google. It's huge. That's big. Is it? Yeah. That's, that's like a large print. That's, I'm not saying this bad thing. That's just like, that's, that's a $50 print for sure. But if you it's Google A1 Robin size Williams or whatever, it's art. the same size as our, our posters. Oh, okay. If you Google Robin Williams art, there's like not a bad option. No. He was a beautiful man. He's a beautiful, beautiful man. I do like this, man. uh, I do like this one of him, um, in the newsprint from Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, I've seen that one too. I like that one Have you ever seen that movie? Well. I have not. It's definitely been on my list for a long time. Uh, it, I just... You know, life gets in the way. No, I don't for have an sure. Excuse, it's, but... <laughs> it's worth. Uh, it's worth watching. It's. It's. You know what I want. You know what Williams. I really thought watching this movie that if Tom Hanks didn't play Forrest Gump, Robin Williams could have done it. Yeah, I would agree with that. It was like the weirdest thing. I was watching this movie and I was like, I get like odd Forrest Gump vibes here. But I guess because he's playing like a grown man who's like essentially a child. But yeah, I was I was ready. I'm sorry. Say that again. I said I was ready. Ready for what? Ready I didn't for listen Robin, very good. Robin Williams is Forrest Gump. Oh yeah, I could see that. That would not be bad. But it's like you can't you can't think about like who would have been in you can't you, like you can't think about it like that. Like Tom Hanks is the quintessential Gump. Well yeah, that's yeah, like a, that was is. like a breakthrough role for Tom Hanks. Sorry, I was busy buying a Robin Williams poster on Etsy while you were talking about that. Were you buying the one that I wanted? Nope. You buy the Good Morning Vietnam one? Nope. Oh, which ones you get? I bought the uh, the Goodwill Hunting one, mm. the the type art one. Send it to me. I want to see it. Hang on. Okay. Working on that. Did that send? Nope. Why would it send? Why would Why would Skype ever do what you want it to do? Yeah. Why would Skype work? Oh yeah, this is definitely much more Ethan than it is me. I just really love that movie and that line and that scene and type art for that matter. Big fan of type art. Big fan. I want to learn how to do like this is completely segue to the conversation that we were having about Jumanji, but I want to learn how to do like double exposure photos. There was a photo that Santi took when we were in high school of you and I double exposure over a picture of her face. Yeah, I think about that photo. Well, I know how to do that, but like I want to know. I want to learn how to do like art with it. Right. You want to learn how to like do it on purpose. Yeah. Like the, hang on. Because like they don't all require, it's a pretty simple process. I just need to learn how to like actually make it happen. But like, you know, where you, you take like a, like a picture of somebody and there's like, you know, a forest inside of them. Oh, there's like an app that does that, isn't there? I'm sure there is. And I can do it on, fo- I mean, I could do that right now on Photoshop. Oh, look at you, mister. I know how to use Photoshop. But I want to do them like, they're, they're, they're doable, like naturally. With My problem film. is I, I don't have the silhouette to want somebody to use my silhouette on purpose. They'd be People would look at my silhouette and they'd be like, that is a terrible jawline. Yeah, I mean, same. They'd be like, you could have a nice jawline, but look at that jawline. That's not it. That's a terrible jawline. Right. Like I'm the world's least cool looking person with a beard. 
No, you're not. I'm one of them. Uh, you probably look, your your beard makes you look cooler than me. Oh, my, I couldn't not have a beard anymore. It's not possible. It is like I, too, too ingrained in me as a person. I could, I could trim down to nothing. Like, but that's I what I, I look would. like. Now, right. granted, it is, it is very long right now. Like, I haven't been to the hair place in over a month, like probably five weeks. Ooh, so, look at you. Well, I didn't have anything like coming up. So I was like, no sense in like doing this and then having to turn right around and like before I go back on the road or like to visit my girlfriend for Thanksgiving, I need to like look nice. I look Dad, best one is, week after any this, haircut. Why don't you just what tell you your at? hairdresser that? You can get a uh, 16 by 36 print uh, Jim Ferguson. I don't know if that's a name people know. I don't know if that's a name that I know. That's just what I'm looking at. I'll just send it to you. It is the the dead poets standing on their desks, but it's like a really cool ink drawn photo. I'm going to send it to you. Oh man, people that can draw stuff, like I, I, I make, you know, I, I do, I do photography and you know, I would, I would call some of the photos that I make art and people are like, oh, I love your art. And I'm like, yeah, but like, you ever seen somebody can draw? Anybody that can like, like, yeah. <laughs> it's just incredible. Like people that can paint, people that can draw. Unbelievable the way people do that. What they do is they take a pen and they put it on paper and all of a sudden it looks like something else. <laughs> it's like you runs those tutorials and it's like, draw a circle, draw a bigger circle. Draw the rest of the owl. Right. <laughs> Draw the lines, and now you have an owl. Congratulations. What? <laughs> you skipped some steps here. Right. This is a pretty cool series of uh, prints that this this shop that I bought this Robin Williams print from sells. This this guy, Jim Benis, has a lot of really cool uh, hand-drawn... Like, I'm sending you the... This is, I'm sure this is super, super interesting for our listeners. Just great podcasting. Etsy shop stuff. We well, talk we... about Etsy shops, but look at this real quick. This while is a my lot dog of barks. Cool. What? While my dog barks is what we. <laughs> oh, these are cool. These are very Ethan. Like they're just neat. Like I, could, I, could, I would get a set of the three different Ghostbusters ones. There's I like Eternal Sunshine one. one. Which I've never been. I've never been a huge fan of uh, Zelda games, but this Link one. It's that dangerous one to go nice. alone. Take this. That's really cool. I would buy that for Mary Clay if she was like, I need this. I would be like, okay. This Scott Pilgrim one is really good. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want the things it says inside of it on my wall. But it is neat. If I peed my pants, would you pretend that I just got wet from the rain? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just... I, and it's a thing that, like, it's hard to read. So, like, somebody have to be looking at it and be like, hang on. Wait a minute. Is that what that says? There's a Ferris Bueller one. There is a Ferris Bueller one. That's the that's the quote, too. Yeah. Life moves pretty fast. You will stop on the ground once in a while. You could miss it. This is a cool shop. You're welcome has, has, for the free shout-out, 17th and Oak. Has anybody ever had a role, like, Ma like Ferris Bueller is by far Matthew Broderick's, like, best role. Okay, yeah, I'll agree. But it's by, like, a huge margin. I mean, Simba was pretty good. I mean, eh. I mean, when I think Matthew Broderick, I'm not like, Simba! I would I'm sort of like say, and also, like, I would sort of say that adult Simba is probably, like, the weak part of that movie. Like, adult speaking Simba. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I, I, I do think of war games a lot with Matthew Broderick, uh, which is weird. I think I've seen war games maybe 75% of the way through once at the lake eating a cold cut sandwich. Mm. Yeah, but I remember that time and you saw the, like the last 60%. Yeah. Eat, gonna get some cold cuts. I do like war games, but war games completely, and I know there are people that are going to argue about this with me just for the sake of like, well, it's the, you can't think the big 80s movies are the best ones, but like Ferris Bueller's so much better than war games. I would agree that Ferris Bueller's better than war games. Now I like war games. I don't have a problem with it. But again, it's like, I think that they got so much more out of Matthew Broderick in Ferris Bueller than any role he's been in. He's so suave. Like to me, that is what Matthew Broderick is like. I don't think he is. 
I don't think he is. <laughs> but it's just like the delivery, even in that line that we were just talking about, the like life moves pretty fast. It's just like it's an incredibly well delivered line. Anyway, let's talk about Jumanji. Let's talk about, I could talk about Robin Williams all day, but we're currently not I, talking yeah. about Robin Williams because we're talking about Etsy because we got distracted and I bought a poster. Yes, you got distracted and bought a poster. So before we get back to Jumanji, right here in the middle of the episode, I want to let you guys know about a little podcast we do called That's What I'm Talking About, but don't let me tell it. Let Mary Clay tell it. Here she is. That's what I'm talking about follows me, Mary Clay Watt, on my journey through Lord of the Rings for the very first time. Join me each week as I have fans on as guests so we can talk all things rings, and I can share all of my confused and completely inaccurate thoughts with them. Like this one. I was very convinced that Gollum had killed Boromir and then was wearing his skin Are like, you a, like a suit. Are What? <laughs> I was like, this is some Loki trickster magic. Oh, okay. And yeah. Gollum has taken out Boromir and is now impersonating Boromir and is trying to get the ring from Frodo. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. New episodes every Tuesday, wherever you get podcasts. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Jumanji was really, really good. I uh, I really I'll enjoyed watching it. I'll tell you one thing. I, I know that you didn't enjoy watching it that much and that you really think it's okay. Uh, and that's fine. <laughs> you don't have to love this movie the way I do. But if you could never call him Bob and Billy's again. <laughs> I was wondering what we would circle back Sometimes around. you say things. Like the time that you said Pootkoost out loud. <laughs> Sometimes so, you th say things that make me throw up in my mouth a little bit. And when you said Bobbin Billies, that is so far from Robin Williams that it hurts. You get it though, right? I get it, but it just like, it takes my brain a full second to like click into place what you're saying. I try to say things like that so casually that the person I'm talking to is like, does everybody say that? Who is he talking about? And you know, a lot of the time it works. This time it does not. It is like the uncanny valley there is is large and it's jarring. What if I said Robin Billy's? If I kept the Robin the way that it's supposed to? Because the Bobbin is a stretch. Yeah, because it's, Robin is not a like Robert derivative. <laughs> Starts with Rob. I, mean, I think you get away with, with Robin Billiams, and that's about it. Do you, so, so have we talked about Tigaroche at the Loche? I believe so. On, on this podcast. Have we talked about the time that I was in a van full of people that didn't know that joke? For those of you who don't know the joke, in my brain, I only know, like, the world's least amount of Spanish. But my, like, problem-solving brain is like, oh, well, if you know this stuff, you can fix the other stuff. So my brain knows that noche means night. So if noche means night, then oche means it, and loche means light, and roche means right, obviously. So I would give Ethan's directions when we were in the car pulling out of Warwick Boulevard, and I'd say, you're going to take a roche at the loche, and that just meant right at the light. That's what it means. And that's, like, that's, that's a canonical conversation between Tyler and I that like that's a thing that I can understand regardless like I get what that means he could say sloche roche at the loche and that means slide right at the light <laughs> OJ means ite right it's a, it's a direct translation always and like I get it <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm trying to direct somebody and I think at this point we were in a foreign country trying to direct somebody it was like yeah just take Roche at the Loche <laughs> and everybody else it was like freeze frame bet you wondered how I got you here this movie is about me not him 
Have you seen the video of the girl where I think it was it was re, it was a I think it's a TikTok video, but it might not be. But it was it was tweeted onto my timeline with the caption like, "Oh, I bet my girl's gonna cheat on me when I was at when I'm out of town." And then it underneath it's like what I'm doing when I'm out of town with my girlfriends, and it's like colon in this video, this girl like crashing a lime scooter. <laughs> and like falling face first, and then it goes freeze frame and plays the Curb Your Enthusiasm music. <laughs> oh man! It's like bet you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> well, this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, I'll tell you all about the summer of '69. I got my first real six string. Pouring at the five in time. Bam, Played bam. until my fingers bled. Bam, Back in the bam. summer of '69. All the words I know of that song. I might not What's even be the, right about all of them. I know. You know a song I think about a lot is The Boys of Summer. Man. People sleep on The Boys of Summer. Let me tell you, nobody, back in nobody town sleeps great. on that song. Nobody, absolutely nobody <laughs> is sleeping on that song. It's been covered like nine times. I mean, One of I, which you could... just sent me this week. And let me tell you, man, no disrespect to Don Henley or the Eagles, but but every cover of Boys of Summer is better than the, the Don Henley version. You know what else that's true for? Every Bob Dylan song. Exactly. Oh, for sure. Bob Dylan, great songwriter. Couldn't sing, man. You can't even, even like understand a... what he's saying. It's like they're great words. And it's like, once upon a time, dressed so fat, gave the down, you proud. <laughs> Didn't you? <laughs> you used to laugh about and to us hang out. Now it's a fashion problem. For your last meal, how's it feel? That's a Bob Dylan song, like a Rolling Stone. I yeah. mean, now that that seems very obvious. Yeah, to that's, me. A, that's a exactly. It's a Bob Dylan song, like that one, <laughs> "Blowing in the Wind," uh, uh, "Masters of War." There's so many quintessential songs that have been written by Bob Dylan and then covered by somebody else, usually a woman. Way better. I mean, the dude knew how to write a song for sure, but just it could. No, that was the thing back then. It was it didn't matter. It was like you wrote this song, then you sing this song. Congratulations, you're a rock star now. I've always wanted to be a rock star. I just re re watched a uh, documentary. I don't remember the dude's name now. I have to look him up. But I watched a documentary about the 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 piano player that played that song, and he was also the same guy that did piano for uh, American Pie by Don McLean and a, a bunch of other songs. But it was just like, man, the the whole idea was like, what would rock and roll be like without this dude? Played okay. for like Elvis and bunch of other people. Okay, I see where you're coming from. Let me ask you a question. As long as we're talking about American Pie, Jumanji, we're talking about the '90s. Name one Weird Al song that you didn't know was a parody. No idea. I can give you two. Which ones? Yoda, parody of Lola by Eric Clapton, right? Right? That's uh, Layla. Is Layla. No. Well, Layla's the Eric Clapton song. Lola is uh, Lou Reed. Okay. Lola. L-O-L-A, Lola. Yep. yep, that's the one. I thought that was just a funny thing that he wrote. So I've never heard Yoda by Weird Al, but I think from the time that I was like nine, I probably would have known um, that that was, that was uh, it might not be Lou Reed, but I- it might be the Kings. Jurassic Park. I did not know the song MacArthur Park until high school. Uh, same. It is the Kinks. I'm thinking of Take a Walk on the Wild Side. It is Loot Reed. But um, yeah. I, I by the time I was like eight or nine or nine or ten, I probably would have known that song. Not MacArthur, MacArthur Park, Park though. That's that's um, MacArthur Park was sung by Dumbledore, which is wild. Michael Gambon? No, the first guy, Richard Harris. Oh, I did not know that. 
I, I would have, I mean, I knew that MacArthur Park was, the version that I liked was a cover, but I did not know that, uh, I didn't know who originally sang it, but I did know. Yeah, the, the, Donna Summer's the, the big version, right? I, I don't know. The one that I like was Maynard Ferguson. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, any, like, jazz cover. Well, yeah. If you Google it, it is the top result, though. Richard Harris, there it is. Yeah, I think that was the original. Oh, this is a banger. MacArthur Park, that's the Someone Left the Cake Out in the Rain song, right? Yeah, Someone Left the Cake Out in the Rain. That's the words that go over that line. Sure. But that's one of those songs that, like, yeah, it's like a jazz standard. It doesn't have, or like, a, like an 80s jazz standard. It doesn't have words. It was really fun to play. It was really simple. It starts on the seven, which is weird. Also, I think I probably would have told you that that version uh, by Manor Ferguson was by Chuck Mangione. In my head, it's a flugelhorn. No, it's high as hell. Is it? I might be thinking yeah. of something else. But it seems like I a mean, song I'm, that I'm Chuck sure, Mangione would have covered. Yeah. I'm sure he played it. I mean, the so the regular, like, the... The actual chorus, or not the chorus line, but like the vocal line during the parts where there would be a voice is at like a normal range. But then. I'll, so here's the. I'm just going to cut you off here because I, it doesn't. It's not interesting to our listeners, the, the ins and outs of MacArthur Park on trumpet. Uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you what I do about Weird Al Yankovic is there's probably close to a dozen, if not more, songs that I know only from the Weird Al polka medleys. I did not know about the polka medleys until, not the Hamilton one, but there was uh, one that had a uh, wrecking ball in it, and that was the first one I oh, ever Oh, yeah, heard. so I had like uh, CD, like Weird Al CDs when I was younger. Oh, so did I. I had lots of them. I In second grade for uh, uh, my talent show, I sang I Want a New Duck. I don't know what the original song is. Uh, that's a parody. I don't know the original two to this day, or if there was. Uh, but I did, like, I had to like memorize the song, and I sang it in front of my second grade talent show class. But like, I, I know songs from the polka medleys and I'll hear them in real life, like the real versions, and I won't understand, my brain won't comprehend when it doesn't go into the, the next song. Yeah, I have a lot of songs like that. Because it's not just the polka medleys that do that. Like, anytime there's like a, I was really into Super Mash Brothers in high school. I still like mashups, but there would be like a lot of songs on that because I was so into jazz and everything in high school that like I just didn't know the pop songs. So I would hear them in that context and then I'd hear their originals and I'd be like, I don't know what this, right. how this so, like, works. So like the first Weird Al CD I had was uh, Running With Scissors and it had Polka Power on it, which is a medley of Wannabe by the Spice Girls, Flagpole Sit Up by Harvey Danger, Ghetto Superstar, uh, Everybody Backstreet Back by the Backstreet Boys, Walking in the Sun by Smash Mouth, Intergalactic by the BC Boys, Tub Thumping, Some Madonna Song, Push by Matchbox 20, Semi Charm Live. Uh, Mbop by Hanson, Sex and Candy by Marcy Playground, and Closing Time. Can so, I like, tell you I know something? all of those songs exist <coughs> because of that song, and have <laughs> since like heard them all over the place. I did not know. So I owned Running With Scissors. I was really excited about it, and I thought it was so edgy that he had this album cover where he was running with scissors. And yeah, because I know you, were, every- you were six. I know every word to Grapefruit Diet. I know every word to Albuquerque. Grapefruit uh, I... Diet. Diet! Can't have another eclair. <laughs> That's I've one. N- That's one. That is absolutely it. I did not know Zoot Suit Riot by the Cherry Poppin' Daddies until after <laughs> I heard Grapefruit I Diet. I wasn't allowed to say Cherry Poppin' Daddies until after I heard Grapefruit Diet. <laughs> 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 but it's like in my head, I, you know, I don't think I've ever heard out in the wild the song Ghetto Superstar. Like I, I've listened to it because I know what it is, but it's like in my head, I'm just like Ghetto Superstar, that is what you are in the like Weird Al voice. <laughs> okay, what about uh, Gangsta's Paradise? Um, which one did that end up being? Amish Paradise. Amish Paradise. See, I never, I never had that record. Oh man, that was which one was that? That was before I started getting into Weird Al. 
That or was on possibly after Bad Hair Day. So that had uh, well, that had a polka on it as well. Oh yeah, there was there was one on, like every album for a while. I did not know uh, Gangsta's Paradise was a song. And Gangsta's Paradise is so ridiculous that when I heard it, I literally oh, thought yeah, it was it a parody fake. of Amish it Paradise. Like it can't be like a real song, man. We were listening yeah. to it on the way to the Tech game on Saturday, and it's just like this is such a ridiculous. As I walk through the that's because he, he does the '90s rap voice. Yeah, as I walk, as I through, I walk the through the valley in the shadow, of, the shadow of, death. of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. I thought it was most deaf. What? I don't know. I, I, I didn't. I don't know the line. It's Coolio. I know. I thought he, I look at my life and I realize it's most deaf. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know the words to get. Been spending most our life living in a gangster's paradise. Have you seen the music video for that song? It's the most dramatic thing ever. What are you doing? I didn't know Lump by the Presidents of the United States. Oh, you're States. listening to... I still don't know what song became Lump or what song well, was made from Lump. I'm, I don't know that many where If it wasn't on uh, if it wasn't on Running With Scissors or Poodle Hat, it doesn't exist to me. You never listened to Mandatory Fun 2014? We were in high school or college, man. No, I did not. I've he never came to CNU on that tour. I know, and I did not go, and I cannot believe I didn't go. Well, you couldn't go. Why Sold couldn't out go? seconds. Oh. I listened... I, I downloaded straight out of Linwood on all of mp3.com <laughs> <laughs> and i had it on my like ipod video but i didn't really listen to it so alapalooza 1993 covered macarthur park as jurassic park yeah so i've never heard that oh my god you would love it i mean i'd probably go listen to it now i think i'm gonna probably go on a on a weird owl binge until i get <laughs> cringed out by the lyrics <laughs> Oh, you know which one? Uh, freaking, freaking, I mean, there was lots of them off those first Weird Al albums that I only know because they were, like, it just took me a minute to think of it, but the the, the one I can think of the most is, um... You talk about first Weird Al albums, you know the first album was in 1983, The first ones right? I listened to. Okay, I was like... What's first ones I listened to, yeah, 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 no, the ones that came out, like, when I was a kid. Right. Um... What is it? It's that freaking Pretty Fly for a White Guy became Pretty pretty Fly for a Rabbi. And I can probably yes. tell you every word to Pretty Fly for a Rabbi. <laughs> oh, man. That and uh, there was a couple on that one. Like, uh, it's all about the Benjamins. And it's all about the Pentiums. <laughs> oh, my God. What What is this song? Hey, Bella, I bet you're still living in your parents' cellar. Downloading pictures of Sarah Michelle Geller. Posting Me Too like some brain dead AOLer. What is what song? I can't tell what you're listening to. I want a new duck, my weird out. What is this parodying? They're not all parodies. I, this has got to be. Hold on. Which album is it on? Dare to be Stupid, 1985. I want a new duck. Oh, this has like a surgeon on it. I have no idea. You know, you can just look them up, right? Like, I know, but that's uh, then I have to type in Sawyer is so precariously sitting on me. I can really only I'll, use. I'll Google it for you. My mouse. I want a new drug by Huey Lewis in the News. That's it. Never heard that song. Go by. I've never heard this song in my life. Either either version. <laughs> that's not what I would have thought the uh, the the Huey Lewis parody would have been in 1985. A Dare to Be Stupid had some bangers on it, dude. Had Dare to Be Stupid. Style parody of Devo. I don't know any of these from Polka Party in 1986. Yeah, this is an album that completely escaped my knowledge. Uh, even worse, I know Fat, I think. Yeah. Is that the bad one? Yeah. Yeah. I know Eat It, whenever that came out. I remember uh, eBay, which was the Backstreet Boys parody. Yes. And uh, there was the there was a one that was a cover of Hot In Here about like not taking out the garbage. <laughs> Sawyer, you're looking yeah, at my trash face. day. I... Is that one? My gosh, there's so many weird freaking songs. <laughs> there was Couch Potato, which is a lose yourself parody. That one's great. You had one shot to watch all the TV you ever wanted. <laughs> would you take it? Just let it slip. <laughs> let me tell you, I do that every day. <laughs> Remote is heavy. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think you still said mom's spaghetti, though. I'm finding out. I bought it on eBay. Oh, this has been a segue for sure. A tangent for sure. I just feel like How the world needs- How did we get to Weird Al Yankovic? The world needs so much more Weird Al. Because I was thinking yeah, about the 90s. Star. And in the 90s for me, when I think Jumanji, I think about the living room in my parents' house growing up. And when I think about it in the living room in my parents' house growing up that you never went to because you, quote unquote, didn't know me, quote unquote. Yeah, until 2004. <laughs> uh, I think about Weird Al because I listen to a lot of Weird Al. You know what's there wild? There is a Confessions Part 2 parody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Confessions Part 2 is another one of those songs that might as well be a, 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 a parody of itself. I thought it was. I truly didn't think it was real when That's I first like, heard it. So I know the song Ghetto Superstar by whoever the hell does that from the Polka cover. But Ghetto Superstar is like like a parody of Islands in the Stream. Islands in the Stream, that is what we are. Oh, I know that song. Yeah. And they went with Ghetto Superstar, that is what you are. Do you remember there was, okay, it was straight out of Linwood, this album. In 2006, I'm, we're going back to Weird Al. I can't escape. Uh, there was White and Nerdy, and it like took over the they planet. They see me roll on my Segway. <laughs> we're like Trying to catch me, just, White and Nerdy. It just set him up for such failure. Give me did that killed his seconds. career? No, it didn't. Yeah, it did. Weird Al? When was the next time an album came out after that? It was like six or seven years. That like it was five that song years. hurt him. He was on like a three to four year break for but a like while. But like he he disappeared like Maroon Five off the face of the earth. Dude, then Maroon Five came back and they suck. Yeah, they came back with moves like Jagger. Ah, it was awful. Um, so fun fact about Maroon Five. I'm about to blow your mind about Maroon Five. There's so there was five years that that happened between songs about Jane and it won't be seen before long. Uh, which is had, that moves like Jagger? No, it won't be seen before long. But had um. Freaking, uh, she will be loved or whatever. No, that was the first one. It, it was this. It was like their second album. You've seen it before. It's got the big fluorescent M on it. Yeah. Um. It had. I won't go home without you. It was. It was their second record. It was like that was the one that after that everyone felt like they disappeared. Right. Yeah. There was the exact same amount of time, five years between that and Hands All Over. No. No. Dead Series. It came out in 2011. No, I don't think so. Actually, actually, it was less time. It was only four years between. It won't be soon before long and Hands All Over. That's so weird because like Maroon Five literally. They I was under the impression existing. that they stopped like, existing. I thought they broke. Up. Yeah, I they thought that like okay, we had songs about Jane, and that and was it. The thing is, after w once moves like Jagger came out, they have existed every single day since then. Yeah, I also did like, uh... and I get it, social media and whatever. Uh, you know, I, th I think about Maroon Five because everybody was talking about Maroon Five on Twitter. They've been on the radio constantly since then. They have like thirty-five hits, and they're all terrible. I, I don't think I ever listened to If It Won't Be Soon Before Long. So, in my mind, after songs about Jane, there was no more. It just, like, yes, that's that true. There's, like, there's not, was there's, it. There's not a song on here that, like, I know off the top of my head from back then. Like, I, I've listened to Won't Go Home Without You because it's a great song since they, like, unhiatused. But that's the thing, is yeah, they never but, broke up. Right, but, like, songs about Jane, even this album, I'm learning as I look at it, there are less songs that I know than I thought. I mean, I know Harder to Breathe, This Love, and She Will Be Loved, and probably another one that you was played Sunday on the radio morning. at some point. Do I? Yeah, yeah, it's got that, that riff, man. It's, it's, you know that song. If you don't, you should know that song. That's a song that I would recommend knowing. So tell me more about Jumanji, Ethan. I want to know your thoughts on the on the direction, the acting, the characters. The whole kit and caboodle. You know what's crazy? I do Hands All song. Over by Maroon 5 had 15 songs. So did Overexposed. Okay. That's just like, that's in two years, they released 30 songs. I mean, they just, because they were like, we could write really great creative songs or we could pump some tracks out. They've had, so. 
it is this I'm weird stop, thing where if you listen I'm to stop talking about Maroon Five in a minute, I swear to God. But they have had so Misery was okay off Hands All Over, and Moves Like Jagger was obviously that huge song, which doesn't appear to even be on this album. The problem is if you listen to Harder to Breathe, like the first song they ever put out, it is more interesting than every song they've put out since then. How dare you say that my behavior is unacceptable? That song slaps. It's so good. It might be And it's like creative. About, it's got like, it takes risks. It's interesting. It, it it's might fun. be about domestic violence. It might. Well, okay. So it was also 2002 fair, and there were no rules in the early 2000s. We've talked about this. They could do anything they wanted. Well, Yeah. But also, to be fair, you know what other song is really good, despite some questionable subject matter? Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. But that's not actually where I was going. Uh, I was going to go towards uh, that Robin Thicke song. Uh, Blurred Lines? Yeah. So I sent in the, I don't know if you got it or not, I sent you in the group chat with Mary Clay a uh, beat swap of um, freaking uh, um, um, Bruno Mars. Uptown Funk. Okay, yeah, I've heard of it. Where uh, where they switch the two and the four through the whole song. Okay. And, like, it still makes sense somehow. Like, it's still almost English, and, like, the lines work and everything, because it's just this basic, it's a really basic beat. But I, I listened to one for Blur Lines as well, and it's just hilarious, because it, like, actually, except for the T.I. part, somehow is English and, like, makes the song better. Really? Yeah, it's, like, it's not creepy anymore. I, it, like, I... it literally turns, somehow it turns it into, like, do you want me? Let me know, or whatever. <laughs> this song I, when blurred lines came out i sent you a screenshot of the song on my iphone 5 and i was like hey i don't know if you've heard this yet but this is gonna take over the planet and then like two months later it had taken over the planet you were 100 percent right yeah <laughs> so there there are like five or six songs on songs about jane that i like and i think since their imaginary hiatus they've released four songs that i like <laughs> which are uh i mm, let's see lucky strike animals uh this summer and sugar i i really like the song this summer by maroon five if for no reason then it's just wild to hear adam levine go this summer's gonna hurt like a mother heck lucky strikes a banger though underrated song off overexposed i'm gonna stop talking about maroon five now okay so tell me more about jumanji tell me about uh this is this is one of those movies where like I don't remember the first time that I saw Jumanji. It's it's one of those movies that like existed before. I mean, obviously it didn't because like it came out when I was two. So like technically it hasn't existed my whole life, but it's it's pretty much been a part of my whole life. But it's not like it's not a movie that I feel nostalgically called to defend. It's just a movie that like that's yeah, all right. I really like it, but it's all right. It's it's a part of who you are, but not in a way that's like like it's in my it's DNA, like, it's, but it's no, not no, like no, an important no, no, no. It's part like of my this. DNA. It's like this. It's like this. It's like it's a little bit like this. I watched Blues Clues, but I don't put on Blues Clues today and be like, I have such nostalgic rage for this. Right. You know. It's like, right. I just I I did indeed like this, and now I I don't like it as much, but I can see where I was coming from. Right. Uh, and it's still like, oh yeah, I was a kid at one point. This was this was the best thing at one and point. And the thing is, like, just because this movie got a good sequel doesn't make it bad. Like, I've definitely seen some of that that's been like, oh, well, we should just throw the old one out of the canon. Like, the new one's so much better. Like, why even bother with the old one? And it's just like, they're two completely different movies. 
Yeah, I mean, you could take the sequel out completely, and you could take the prequel out completely. They, yeah, they they link up. Uh, they would, both you would exist con- just fine on their own. You'd be confused about one scene in the sequel. I mean, even then, it'd be like, all it does is reveal that there was at one time somebody else that lived there, and I would not be surprised if Alan Parrish makes a cameo in a later version of the films. That's what is true. that actor doing? What? actor oh the little kid the, yeah what's wild I guess is he can't... that kid looked like he came from the 60s he also looked like robin williams he looks like toby mcguire i don't even want to hear it we'll have toby mcguire do all robin williams parts mm, you would need toby mcguire to be a way better actor toby mcguire is the genie just think about it <laughs> you have never had a friend like me. That's my Tommy Maguire. How was it? Mm, I. It's the thing is, like any white kid, especially any white kid with glasses, could do a Tobey Maguire impression. <laughs> There's a movie, um, it's called Pleasantville, and you should watch it if you've never seen it. It's, 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 I think, the best, with the possible exception of, like, that one scene in Schindler's List, I think Pleasantville has the best use of color in any movie ever. Um, just because it is, like, literally, like, the color of the film is a character. Sort of the way it is in, like... It's like an extension of what they did in uh, The Wizard of Oz. But the two- okay. the f- or like the- Schindler's List. Well, y- 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 more Wizard of Oz, less Schindler's List. Okay. Like, the color doesn't- The color in Schindler's List is cool, but it doesn't matter. Whoa, it's pretty heartless for that little girl. Right, but, but like, Oscar Schindler can't see the color. Yeah, but we can. Correct. But like, <laughs> just watch the movie. It's good. But either way, Tobey <laughs> Maguire, it's like, it's like, I don't know when it came out exactly. Hang on. It's going to be more recent than I think it was, and that's going to surprise me. But it might also not be. Uh, 98. Okay, that's about what I thought. But it, it, the, the leads are like young Tobey Maguire and young Reese, With- Reese Witherspoon. Well, that sounds like a good movie. It is a good movie, but like Tobey Maguire just cannot keep up. Well, Reese Witherspoon is like a... She's charming and beautiful and at like... And Elle Woods is like a work of art. Yeah, it, it's like two years before, three years before Elle Woods, five years. I don't remember when Legally Blonde came out. It was early 2000s, but um, it's just really good. And she's like, she's playing a 16-year-old, but she's Reese Witherspoon. Like, she's just crushing it. Tobey Maguire's just like, I'm the nerdy brother. <laughs> I'm Toby Maguire. <laughs> no, it's a it's a really good movie. It's one I would I would love to review for the show, but it is a very good movie. It is a movie I've heard of. It's not like it's not one of those ones where I'm like, whoa, you haven't seen Pleasantville? Like, nobody's seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember? It's like Click meets The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> if that makes any sense. <laughs> Click. You ever think about Click? All the time. They had no right. <laughs> to put Adam Sandler in a movie that meant that much? Yeah, to be the, the, to, to 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 hit that hard on such a simple concept. The end of Click, I'm I'm like I, I'm, I'm I'm because it's the, basically the same movie as Jumanji. Um, you know how the movie tackles this about time. Correct, but where he gets to go back and live his whole life over a second time, having realized the mistakes he made. Um, yeah, no. When I when I watch the end of Click, I'm just like Jesus Christ, this is not fair. <laughs> you can't put Billy Madison in this role. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way about Spanglish. Those are absolutely my two two of my favorite Sandler movies. Not my two favorite because I love Mr. Deeds. There's a couple. Oh, of them. I do love Mr. Deeds. But like, is that, is that mo- a wide punch? <laughs> Most of the Stan- the Sandler canon, though, I can I can live without. I think he brought something to comedy and to film that maybe that what matters most about it is that it doesn't matter. That like. We got to a point where we're letting just like a sad old white dude be the funniest thing to a lot of people. And that's an important thing. Uh, I mean, I haven't watched an Adam Sandler movie in... Like, I've seen them, but, but I haven't watched a new Adam Sandler movie in, like, probably over a decade. I feel like I saw something Sandler on purpose. Oh, there was a... He had a Netflix film that I watched about 20 minutes of before I was like, okay, this is bad. Bad look, Jennifer Aniston. Which one? I don't know. It's Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler, and they get on, like, a... Oh, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the, 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 um... 
The murder mystery one. Murder mystery. Yeah. What's it's called. Yeah, they, I did yeah. watch that. I forgot about that. They got on like the boat and then it gets like. And he's got a oh, mustache and it's awful. And we're rich and weird. Yeah. 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 I was not a huge fan. But Jumanji. I don't know why I keep coming back to it. I'm okay with the meanders. I'm just curious about. I don't. I don't have much to say with this, but like, it's just kind of a movie. It's it's endearing. I think the kids are decent. Um, uh, I think that it could. I could live without the kid turning into the monkey. Do you get? So I know we had this, we had this problem with Halloween Town. Do you get as much Back to the Future vibes from this as I did? We got those vibes from Hocus Pocus. That's what I meant. What did I say? Halloween Town. Oh, I've never seen Halloween Town. So as I far do, as I'm I concerned, don't get they're all big the same. Back to the Future vibes from this one. I felt like there was. I got like in in Hocus Pocus. I got more Back to the Future vibes from like Marty. I felt like I got more Biff from this, which was weird to me. Where are you getting a Biff Tannen vibe? Well, so like there wasn't like a Biff Tannen character, but I did feel like the cop, his arc, it, it felt very Back to the Future for for me. Maybe not Biff Tannen, but it was like because it wasn't like the antagonist. I don't know. It was weird, but there was, it was still like this sort of like time travel story of, you know, 20 something years in the future. Uh, and then you go back and then you go forward again. And it, you know, it's this, this story that takes place over like a 50 year period. Um, the cop Carl Bentley, Carl, the soul man, Bentley does have one of my favorite, I think underrated, like under delivered lines ever in this movie. When, when Robin Williams, jumps on the car and looks at him and goes, what year is it? And he goes, well, it was brand new. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, that was a good line. I do love the story of the whole time. Like his car just keeps getting abused. It's like, it's an interesting little, like cute little uh, comic relief character. Like when he gets, when she gets, he's like, oh yeah, come ride home with me. Go back to the old Paris place. And the vine takes it and he's just like, fine, take it. Take it. (laughs) I don't I I think it's funny that that happens. It also shows that like they filmed it chronologically right because the car was broke more and more each time and i don't imagine they bought a bunch of cars yeah i don't know i have no clue <laughs> me neither oh. and my barbaric yop sometimes you got to barbaric yop oh ethan it's rap time did you know that it is do we rap for 15 minutes yeah usually the rap takes about 15 minutes well this is a story all about how my life got flipped turned upside down and i'd like to take 15 minutes just sit right there and i'll tell you how i became the prince of a town called blair blair waldorf then i got trouble in my neighborhood i make them good girls go bad what's wild is i listened to a song from that album during this recording Uh, from hot mess yeah because you said uh something about not being in on the joke and so i listened to you're not in on the joke by cobra starship I'm not going to lie to you. Hot Mess by Cobra Starship is an underrated album uh, solely because I've listened to the whole thing more times than I can count. And as a result, I need it to be a good album because I wasted so much it's, of my life listening to it. The thing is, is I love that album. I mean, it's my third favorite Cobra Starship album, but it's not good. <laughs> like there's some bad song. Even the title track. He's just like, you're a hot mess and I'm falling for you. And I'm like, hot. Damn, I'm gonna make you my boo. <laughs> we can you shake can shake it, shake it, shake it, girl. You know what to know do. What to do. You're, You're a hot mess. Hot I'm mess, loving I'm it. Loving hell, it yes. hell yeah. <laughs> what a weird rhyme scheme. <laughs> I'm going to make you my boo is the weirdest line in that song. I think the yeah. best Cobra Starship involved song has got to be the snakes on a plane thing. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's my Cobra Starship involved song. That is a Cobra Starship featuring other people's song. Do you think they got although, the job because the band's be called fair, Cobra I mean, Starship? The 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 verse that um, Travi McCoy does in that song is some real like, that's some three stacks 
quality. Like that's that's a good verse. Hold on, I'm gonna get to it and then I'll do it. I'll I'll wrap the whole thing because I know when I hear it, I'll be able to I'll be able to do it. I know he says something like you gotta grab your ankles, kiss your ass goodbye. And eighth eighth grade me was like, that's the most clever line that's ever been written. And then uh I can see the venom in your eyes. William William Beckett comes in on that verse. It's amazing. Hold on, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I promise. They gave Gabe like three verses in this five feature song. Yeah. And he sings half the chorus. All William Beckett does is like sing backing vocals on the chorus. No, William Beckett's doing the lead vocal on the chorus. Who's, who's, he does the kiss me goodbye. Oh God. He does the whole chorus. Who's the girl? Because it's not Haley Williams. No, it's the girl from a band called The Sound. Oh. She's like Scandinavian. I saw them all do it live at Warped Tour. It was wild. (laughs) What a weird thing that happened. 2008 Warp Tour. I was watching Cover Starship set and they freaking, uh, they brought, they brought Travis McCoy and that girl and William Beckett out because they were all playing Warp Tour. Ladies and gentlemen, this snakes the slithering with dollar signs in the eyes with tongues so reptilian up in a miss with cold blood it's in them. Oh man, I thought I knew it. It's just a little turbulence. Dun, dun. I, I thought I knew it. I didn't know it. All right, we did I want you to listen. I thought I knew it. I want you to listen because uh, so I've been listening to the back catalog of my brother, my brother and me, right? Yeah. And yep, before yep, they, yep, yep, yep. you know the you know the song they have now, the like uh, the the John whatever his name is song, John Roderick. Yeah, it's a departure off the album. Yeah, it's a departure off the album. Putting days to bed by John Roderick and the Long Winters. Uh, they yeah. didn't used to use that for the end. They used to use um, it was a mashup by some group called Girl Talk, which put part of a uh, part of an Andre 3000 verse over uh, some Journey song. You never listened to Girl Talk? No. Oh, I didn't do, I didn't do mashups. Stand. We know this. I'm not starting on this again. I, I don't know, but like I'm a, mashups. <laughs> it's this episode. I was a big Girl Talk fan. Anyway, it's... Uh, so I want you to go listen to, because that directed me to this song. I want you to go listen to uh, International Players Anthem by UGK and just listen to how hard Andre 3000 smacked that verse out of the park. It's right at the beginning. Outcast is underrated. Correct. He just keeps going. He just keeps going. You know, we got your back like chiropractic. Tick. <laughs> nails it. Mm, I feel like I'm in church. That's actually, uh, the, the music video is like during a black wedding. So we got to wrap Jumanji. It's it's go but time, anyway, my amigo. Uh, yeah, so they, they used uh, that Keep Your Heart Three Stacks part in one of the Girl Talk songs, Play Your Part, Part Two. And let me tell you what, the Super Mash Bros, like, I got that. Like, I, I wasn't a big fan when you should just play that in the car. I think that's the thing that, like, shouldn't be really on playlists that you play in front of other people. If you want to listen to it, fine. Like, don't subject people to that. It's like podcasts. But Girl Talk was <laughs> bad. Girl Talk is straight bad at it. Like, you don't I like listen, Girl Talk? I went and listened to Play Your Part, Part Two, and it's a bad mashup. It's not It's not good. There's no talent that went into it. Oh, I disagree. I thought Girl Talk was great. I, st- I still listen to girl talk i can put on uh well, i can put on feed they the might animals have good stuff they might have good stuff that song was not good play your part part two is the last of 14 songs that have all played into each other so i can imagine him being like okay this is where i stop i mean anyway it just wasn't and it ends with that keep your heart three stacks thing over whatever that highway run song by journey is i can't remember the name of it now oh i like this a lot i love this play your part part two yep it's not good so there's a song on this album that i've always wanted you to identify what the original was because I know you'll be like, oh, that's this. And I know that I would be like that if I could just listen what to song? it quietly, like by itself. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to remember because he puts like part of the song titles in the and it makes it challenging. Uh, Super Mash Brothers had a song called At Lauren Conrad, Get Us on the View. <laughs> oh, that was a time, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was a mood. Which Girl Talk song is it? I'm trying to figure it out. There's a lot of them. But this is my favorite album by Girl Talk is Feed the Animals. So it's on this. 
but it takes a while to listen to. It's an hour long. <laughs> well, when you figure it out, let me know. Middle. Okay, so I'm going to keep listening. We're going to rap while I do that. Okay. And I'll see if I can figure it out. I'm going to turn shuffle off because that's going to make this miserable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So Jumanji, I'm just stuck on Outcast. Jumanji, um, talking about Jumanji, the breakfast food associated here. What, what, what? When you think Jumanji, what do you think for breakfast? Uh, I don't know, like chocolate chip eggos. Chocolate chip? Oh, because it's nineties. Yeah, because it's a thing that like was from my childhood, but wasn't really that good. And like, I don't particularly feel the need to defend them, but I enjoy them. (laughs) If I went and bought, if I went and bought a box of chocolate chip eggos right now, I'd probably be like, oh, this is. Not great, Ego. This is not great, but I did eat the whole thing. I did eat I the whole the- box in one in one <laughs> sitting. Sitting. I, yeah. I did recently uh I was on Perspective Z, uh your favorite generation podcast, new episodes every Monday where we get your podcasts and probably on Spotify, I think. Um, where I talked about uh I talked about I could eat an entire box of Gogurt right now with no prompting. Yeah, I could do that. Like I would rip open just sleeve after sleeve and it'd be gone in forty five seconds. Oh my gosh, I found it. So it's the second song, Shut the Club Down. Okay. Two minutes and 22 seconds. There's a classic rock song playing in the background. Two minutes and what? Two minutes and 22 seconds. Second song, Shut the Club Down. There's a classic rock song in the background. And I know, I know this song. And I'm so mad that I cannot identify it. But it's been frustrating me for years. Shut up for a second. (laughs) I think it's Dance in the Dark by Bruce Springsteen. Is that what it very well could be? I think it's (sighs) Dance. It doesn't sound right, though. No, there's some there's somebody singing that song while it's playing. Is there? Yeah. Hang on. Time is always on your side. It's over at 2.55. Hang on. It's not Dance in the Dark. What song is this? It's going to drive you crazy, isn't it? Yeah, because Dance in the Dark doesn't use a guitar. It uses like a like a synth. Dang. I've got to find it now. I've, I know we're going over, but I, I have to find it. What is the name of the song? Girl Talk, Shut the Club Down. It's the second song on the album, Feed the Animals. Young Turks by Rob Stewart. Rod Stewart. That's what it is. Yep. That's what it is. Yep. I was so afraid to look up Rod Stewart. I really was. I was like, if I look up Rod Stewart, people are going to be like, that's obviously not it. Somebody would be looking over my shoulder like, why would you ever look up Rod Stewart? You, It's not a Rod Stewart th- song you're thinking of. That's what would happen. Yeah, it's like 52 seconds to like... It's where it goes into that synth part. It's exactly what it is. Oh, my God. I'm going to save this song. That's a great song. I know. Oh, my God. My life is so relaxed now. Oh, all right. So you have uh, hold on, a hold on. Chip. Sorry, oh, I know we're going over time. I have 12 seconds of thing left to tell you. Okay. You know what sucks? When somebody puts on Let Me Clear My Throat and it's not Party on Fifth Ave by Mike Miller. Yes. When you hear that, and it doesn't go into the right thing. I wouldn't have known the original. I'll be honest with you. Oh, DJ yeah, you've cool. heard it. Oh, I know. But I wouldn't have known the song. I wouldn't have known it was called Let Me Clear My oh, Throat. I, I, no, I think it was something I had to look up to be like, what the heck? The Mac Miller thing. I think it's like a live song. It is. I'm listening to it right now. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. The, the album that Party on Fifth Ave is from looks like a Jack Johnson album. Because that there's a, there's a, a sample... Mm. That's been used in something else from Let Me That Part. Yeah. It's something else. Anyway, let's wrap. All right. So we've got a. Uh, Breaks Food. We need, vil- waffles. we need a villain ranking. I think you know what? The hey, hang on. Hang on. I want to talk to you about something. Okay. It's year three. Let's stop doing the villain ranking because we never we never uh, wrote it down anyway. Okay. The best villain ever is uh, the Titanic iceberg, followed by the Emperor. I bet we're going to think Chief Palpatine's even better here in a bit. Well, we can talk about it then, but like, I'm tired of going over what's the villain ranking for like rom-coms. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I didn't know we even still did that bit, if I'm honest with you. So, <laughs> uh, what's after that? The, uh, the big what board. is after that? 
Big board. I think uh, this is, is it better than She's the Man? It's got to be. I okay. won't live in a world in which this is not better than She's the Man. <laughs> okay, I'm fine with that. This is better than She's the Man. I think that's about right. I don't remember what we've reviewed this year. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've done, we need to write it down. We need it's to, written down, I think. Need, is it? I think so. We need to do better this year. <laughs> and I've got movie rankings from last year. We've done so much work. I don't find it. I can't find it. I don't think we wrote it down. Oh, okay. Is it this untitled document? No, that's... Nope, that just says the Tommy Show. <laughs> what the heck? Oh. Um, okay. All right, so hang on. Let me go to Podbean. Okay. That'll tell okay. us everything that we've done. We're going to... We're gonna. I need you to open up a Google Doc right now. We're going to rank these movies right now, and we're going to stick to it. I think, if I'm honest with you, I think it's pretty obvious. I know, but we need to write them all down. I'm working on it. I got a Excel sheet open. So Ferris Bueller's Day Off, FBDO, was the last one of last year. Okay. Correct? That sounds right. Yeah. 1010 was She's the Man. Uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, better than She's the Man. Correct. Zombieland, better than She's the Man, but not better than 10 Things. Okay. Uh, Hocus Pocus, worse than everything. Yes. Coco, better than everything. Yes. Coco, top. I think this goes between between Zombieland and 10 Things. Okay. So how many are there? How many start are from, there? Start from the top. Coco and then... Coco? Hoco Poco. Nope, nope. Hocus Pocus. No, what's number two? Oh, oh, from the top. Uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. I'll agree with that. Three? Jumanji. Jumanji. Number three overall. Dang. Okay. <laughs> Four. Well, Zombieland. Unless you <laughs> think Zombieland be... was better than this. Uh, no, I don't. Okay. And then She's the Man. And then Hoko Poco. All right. Six weeks in, and I'm, uh, I'm not feeling too firm on these rankings. Six weeks in. She was three weeks late. All right. And what else? That's it. That's all we do. That's the whole show? That's the whole show. Um, well, thank you for listening to Bacon and Eggs, a movie lover's podcast, a proud member gotta, of the we gotta Bacon tell and people Eggs where, We got a DM. We got a DM or a, a Twitter thing telling us that we need to tell people where to find us and how to contact us. So you can always email us at baconandeggsmedia at gmail.com, or you can DM Ethan or myself on Twitter. I'm at AmeriCartland. Ethan's at WowNow. But the O's are zeros. And the O's yep. are zeros. You can also DM at Bacon and Eggs Pod. Uh, that's also us on Instagram. I'm the same at AmeriCartland on Instagram. Ethan's at Edge Hill Photos. You can also just comment or reply to our tweets. We're more than willing to interact with you publicly if you'd like. Yeah, but if you want to get a private message across, email is the best way. And then for me, probably Instagram DM. For me, probably Twitter DM. But we'll get to it either way. Um, our artwork is done by the fabulously talented Vaishan Brandon. If you go to get work from him, please let him know we sent you. Uh, what else? Um, uh, The music is by Andrew Scott Bell. Don't you love the music? I really do love the music. I've been thinking about this. Yeah, I'll text you. Okay. I don't know. We'll talk. We'll talk. Anyway, okay. the music is by Andrew Scott Bell. Great guy. Um, if you need music from him, go get it from him. Yeah, you should. That's all we do. That's all we do at the end of the show. Um, we always <laughs> just, we, we've, we meander about at the end of the show trying to figure out what to say because I hard refuse to write down an ending script. Um, no, I don't. I think it would be pointless. But anyway, um, he's been Tyler Carlin. I've been Ethan Edgehill. And until next time, Arrivederci. Ah, stampede.